0: Welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They are an awesomely incredible drag artist and a cast member of Call Me Mother Season 2, and I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show Maya Fox. Hey. I'm doing good, how are you doing? I'm feeling so good. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking
1: my call. Listen, I'm so excited, I can't wait to get know you and uh, you know, spill some tea here. <laughs> Thank you so much, I appreciate it. What are you most looking forward to from this year? For this year, oh my God, um, 2022 was so incredible for me, you know, being cast on Call Me Mother and just getting to travel around the country and stuff like that. So I'm just super excited to see where 2023 can go. Um, you know, more gigs, more some, you know, more TV opportunities, different things like that. I'm just excited, like the, the there's so many possibilities.
0: Absolutely, that's incredible. Congratulations on everything that you've done so far
1: and have coming up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a whirlwind and I I definitely feel blessed and excited to keep it moving for sure. That's incredible.
0: What do you look forward to leaving behind in 2022? Oh,
1: I think just that, you know, kind of internal negative voice that tells you that you're not good enough sometimes. You know, I think, you know, we all get kind of wrapped up into that and, um, you know, we, we pay too much attention to, to kind of the naysayers of life. So I, you know, I, I'm totally cool with leaving that behind and just focusing on me moving into this year. Absolutely,
0: I love that. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: now, for the people who don't know, could you tell my audience who is Maya Fox?
1: For sure, yes. So I am uh, an Inuk drag performer based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, and I'm pretty new to the game, to be honest with you. I've only been doing drag for about two years, but, um, you know, have had quite a bit of success on the, uh, the east coast of Canada here, got to travel around quite a bit. You know, in the last year or so, uh, you know, got recognized nationally and was on uh, Call Me Mother, which is a new um, drag competition show uh, in Canada, which is awesome. Um, uh, A lot of people know Peppermint, and Crystal from Drag Race UK. Um, So they're involved in the show. So it was a super cool opportunity. But yeah, um, you know, that's kind of what I do, I would say, you know, myself, like I'm very much influenced by, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, like R&B, pop divas, like that's sort of my vibe, my style. Um, I also teach a bunch of dance dance classes and stuff like that here as well. So, yeah, just a little bit of everything.
0: Nice. Very cool. Very cool.
1: When did you fall in love with reality TV? Oh, my God. Like, since ever. (laughs) I think, like, I remember, like, I think, like, when reality TV first started, you know, getting going. I remember Survivor was like the biggest thing at the time. And I remember being a kid watching it with my mom and being like absolutely obsessed with it. So yeah, like ever since I can remember, like, um, you know, the the OG reality TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother, all of that kind of stuff. And um, it's just kind of, you know, evolved from there. So yeah, it's definitely a, a part of my life and kind of a guilty pleasure. And, you know, to kind of have a full circle moment and be part of it myself is, is wild. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Was there... How do you think you would have done on your favorite reality show
1: growing up? Oh, my God. I I would say my favorite... Okay, so I have two reality... Two favorite reality shows growing up. So one, Big Brother absolutely Mm -hmm. love big brother and I think I would do pretty well right I'm pretty I can be athletic I can be strategic I know how to talk to people so I think I could do really really well on big brother and then the other my other favorite reality show and I don't know if you remember this but was the search for the next pussycat doll (laughs) yes 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 oh my god yeah, so uh, that was my other one for sure. So I think I could totally do that. I don't know about Sinyan, but I can do a little bit of ooh-ahs in the background or whatever they need, but I, I think I would hold it down on there too.
0: What you need is ooh-ahs uh, to join the pussycat golf.
1: And then Asia turned down the prize. Girl, I can't, I can't. I was so mad. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still here saying justice for Melissa R. She should have won.
0: I love you so much because I think <laughs> about Melissa very often. I think about mm-hmm. Melissa often because she tried out for the Puss, the Cat Dolls. I can't remember if she um tried out for Girlicious or not, but I do remember she, she also was on Making the Band trying out for Danity Kane yeah. too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, listen, uh, they did her dirty. I was so upset. And I uh, I met Robin Anton. I did a dance class with her a few months ago. And it was my first time ever meeting her. And it was like totally starstruck. And I, I said to her, I said, Robin, what did you do? What was this decision, girl? Because you screwed this up. I'm so mad. Anyway, I'm glad you appreciate that.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's iconic TV in my mind, for right? sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a reality star growing up that made you feel represented enough to possibly want to go out for reality TV for yourself?
1: Ooh. Um, I don't know about, like, somebody who represented me personally, but definitely, like, somebody who I connected with. Like, I remember watching, like, Janelle on Big Brother. She was on like Big Brother season six. And like just watching this girl who was like, you know, beautiful, blonde, you know, she looked like a model, all this kind of stuff, but was like secretly super intelligent, but like would use her sex appeal and the way that people like viewed her to her advantage. And she did super well in the competition and totally cast. So I remember she was like probably one of the first reality stars where I was like, this is a bad bitch and I am here for her. 10 million percent. I love that.
0: Now, what would you say
1: that your dreams were growing up? Oh my God. So I grew up in um, kind of more of a rural community uh, in Nova Scotia, so it was very much, you know, uh, the men were fishermen and hunters and, you know, mechanics and all of that, like, you know, super hyper kind of masculine environment and I always knew that I had an interest in performance you know in particular dance but like you know anything you know acting singing you know performing fashion all those types of things which obviously is not the vibe in the community like that um so sure. you know I always knew that I was you know passionate in those areas but I never really gave myself the opportunity to kind of explore that right so it wasn't until I was in like my mid-20s that I actually you know started getting involved in dance which eventually turned into drag and all of that kind of stuff so I think you know I've always kind of dreamed of being a performer Farmer, but um, wasn't able to kind of start making progress towards that until a much later age.
0: Totally get that. Who were the R and B and pop divas that inspired your drag?
1: Oh, girl, and I think any... Oh, sorry. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. Nah. I was just gonna let's say was it just the r&b pop divas or were there drag queens that were uh, around that inspired you as well
1: yeah yeah so i mean i think it would definitely start with the r&b and pop divas so you know pussycat dolls are a huge inspiration for sure but even like the og maya from the 90s you know ashanti jennifer lopez janet jackson like you know the girls right the girls who can dance exactly right so i was always like they were like idols. You know what I mean? I just like look at them and how they can command a stage and like there's just, they're so fierce, right? And I just like that whole era in music is like so iconic and super obsessed with that so I definitely think like those are my you know initial inspirations but then we get into like dried inspirations like definitely there's tons of them so I mean I look at you know Peppermint is a huge inspiration for me Taste from the UK is a huge inspiration um mm-hmm. you know um Trinity Cable May is a huge inspiration um you know there's there's tons of them and then even other queens that like don't necessarily do the same thing that I do like somebody like Gigi Good or Bianca Del Rio like I have such respect for you know what they do in their art for sure so so, yeah, I mean, um, I think the influences have definitely changed over time. And even for like who I am as a performer it has definitely evolved because I when I first started, I remember kind of being in that lane as, you know, those those pop and R&B divas like I mentioned. But now it's like I get in and like, you know, I'm doing, you know, improv shows and comedy nights and all of that kind of stuff, too. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to just kind of play and grow and explore and um, yeah, excited to kind of see where it goes as well. Absolutely, that's so cool. You you named the girls, hey, <laughs> girl. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: yes. God. Yes,
1: yes. Taste of the X, my Love's Like whoa, like oh yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> hey,
0: for sure. Yeah. Where do you think you want drag to ultimately take?
1: Uh, do you know what I think it's so interesting because if you asked this question 10 years ago to you know any drag performer it's you know I feel like drag was so underground and subversive and like you know people just thought of it as being kind of a one-dimensional thing and now with like the success of shows like Drag Race and Call Me Mother and all of you know everything drag has become so mainstream and you can really take it anywhere right you look at like some of the queens that are doing things that have makeup lines that have their own talk shows that are in movies and tv and you know the the sky is the limit right so i mean for me i mean i think obviously I still want to keep performing in some way shape or form um just on a larger scale but also like being able to like give back to my community as well like being from you know the indigenous community here in Canada like making sure that I'm creating opportunities for you know other BIPOC artists and in particular indigenous performers um is really important to me as well um and you know obviously drag is fun and it's entertainment and whatnot but there needs to be a, a message behind it as well. So, um, you know, kind of balancing those two and just kind of using my platform to, to, to kind of spread that message. For sure.
0: Now, jumping into your experience with reality TV. Yes. What was the decision that made you send in the tape for Call Me Mother?
1: And what was the casting process like for you? Well, girl, they asked me, So that was good. Um, No shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. They they put in a request. Yeah. No, but no, for real, uh, you know, um, a scout kind of reached out to me on Instagram and said, you know, we saw your profile. We'd like you to apply. And a couple of months before then, I actually did a local show here and one of the executive producers was in the audience when I was performing and I had no idea right Um, and you know afterwards it turned out she kind of had her eye on me and all of that kind of stuff so like you know it goes to show like you don't you never know when an opportunity is going to come knocking Um, so yeah so it sort of fell into my lap and to be honest like when season two was casting I was kind of thinking like you know I've only been doing this for like a year at this point year and a half and like am I really ready for this you know what I mean but if they're if they're asking you gotta go right um so yeah so it was it was super cool so you know I I sent in the tape they they called me probably about two weeks later um you know I had an initial interview and even then like I remember the casting agent was like yeah like you're pretty much on the show at this point I was like girl don't play with me (laughs) you know what I mean like you're probably saying this to everybody like until I get a contract in hand like you know uh I don't want to take anything for granted so, yeah, so at that point, I remember I went on vacation. I went down to Dominican Republic with some friends, like, in the middle of the winter, just to get some sun and, you know, relax, all that kind of stuff. And I got my call when I was in the Dominican. So it was pretty crazy. Best place to kind of get that news, for sure. You ain't lying. Yeah. I love, yeah. I absolutely
0: love that this whole conversation started off. Um. Uh, well, actually, they booked me. <laughs> listen when it's right it's right you know <laughs> when it's right it's right honey when it fits it fits honey when the when, when it's correct it's correct darling and i'm yeah. glad that you was in the right place at the right time on the right stage shaking the right ass honey that's that.
1: right <laughs> i know period. that's I like right it.
0: period now walking into the Call me mother, walking onto the set, getting ready for the competition. What was what was your mental process like? What was your thought process like? How was the preparation? And what do
1: you think you walked onto the show wanting us as an audience to see from you? For sure. So I mean, I'll tell you right now, like I went through it. Like it's a lot. Like when you get the call. It is like, you know, you're kicked into overdrive and you don't have a lot of time. So like I said, like I got the call, I was in Dominican. So they they send you like a list of the runways that you have to prepare. It's similar to Drag Race, right? So we get our themes in advance so that we can prepare our looks. But I lost like three days at the beginning because i was still in dominican and i was like i don't have my measurements like i can't get in contact with people like all that kind of stuff and then when i got home from dominican i ended up getting covid (laughs) so i was like sick for 10 days so i couldn't go to fittings and like do the things that i needed to do so i literally got ready for the competition i want to say in like a week and a half to two weeks tops like it was wild right So the other thing is, is like being on the East Coast of Canada, like we're not in a major city like this isn't Toronto. This is not Montreal. This is not New York. You know what I mean? We do not have couture designers standing at every corner and like access to premium fabrics and like all of that fun stuff. So we had like, you know, I had to get inventive. And I like I literally had like a workshop going on at my friend's place where there was like me, my friend who is a really good seamstress and my drag daughter and we were just there like pumping out outfits and stoning things and getting things together. So showing up to set I, it was literally like the, the first thought was just like relief like I've made it here all of my looks are complete and I'm 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 here <laughs> you know what I mean like that in itself was an accomplishment um But yeah, I mean, I think, like, my message going into it, like, there has never been anybody from the East Coast in Canada on a national drag TV show. So, like, we've had three seasons of Canada's uh, Drag Race and two seasons of Call Me Mother, and I'm the first contestant from Nova Scotia to ever be on the show. So my whole message was just that, like... You know we can measure up like we have talent out here and just because we're not in a big city with all the same resources as everybody else like we can still be fierce and you know bring the competition
0: 10 million percent i love that yeah. you, you
1: said a week and a half Chow. listen it was wild. It was wild. Like I was I, the morning of my flight, like I was running around styling wigs, like picking shit up from, you know, the designer and all of it. Like it was when I tell you like down to the last minute, like I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I would have literally walked in like listening, girl.
0: I made it by the lace of my
1: I made yeah, it by
0: the yeah. pre-cut lace of my wig. I do not know what y'all think this is.
1: Like, <laughs> I know. I know, I know, and then, I and then you start getting critiques, and they're like, you know, maybe you could have added this. I was like, bro, what time? You know what I mean? Like it was wild. And then you, you know, you show up to set, and they lock you in a hotel room, and all this kind of stuff. Take your phone, and I'm just there, like you know, hyperventilating, just excited. I made it there. It was, yeah, it was, it was a process, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything, or I don't regret it, or anything like that. But it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> so you
0: wouldn't have added just maybe another week
1: going to the prep. <laughs> well, and listen to this though, because then they tried to, they tried to change my flight within the last week. And they said, well, we want you to come three days early. I said, no, <laughs> girl, I said, hell no, Absolutely girl. Not. no, no, it was they're like, well, we want you to be here to be sure, you know, COVID all this kind of stuff. I was like, I already got COVID. We don't need to worry about that. I'm not going to get infected. I, <laughs> I need my time. I need to be sewing. I need to be doing my wigs. I need to do everything. So yeah, that's
0: where we were at. Yes, gosh, honey. She said, I already...
1: COVID done already done had
0: hers, bitch. Well, yeah, I, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need time. Well, I need this time. Thank That's you. That's it. Yeah. So, unless you got a seamstress about to pick me up from the airport, mind your damn business. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, how much of your joining the show was to represent yourself? And how much was to represent your? your community your area Nova Scotia as the whole how do you think the ratio of
1: that was? yeah I mean listen first and foremost like I was I was there for myself like I mean don't get it twisted you know what I mean like it's it's you know I got cast on the show because of what I bring to the table and my art my point of view and all of those types of things Um, Mm. so yeah so you know I, I gotta be honest like I'm there for myself for those opportunities first but at the same time that doesn't mean that I can't share that with you know my my province and my cultural background as well. Like I, that that was those were two huge priorities for me to kind of bring into it, right? So it's like you know if I can go and get a platform for myself and. Say what I gotta say, and you know, shed some light on what the community is saying in Nova Scotia, and you know, bringing in some of my you know cultural ethnic, culture and art and all of that kind of stuff at the same time. Why not? So yeah, it was definitely a mix. But I mean, I think whenever you have an opportunity like that, like you have to do it for yourself first, because trying to put the pressure of everybody else on your shoulders whether it be your community your family your friends like whatever um I just think you're setting yourself up for failure in a competition setting right you have to you have to want to do it for yourself first and foremost absolutely
0: I agree 100% how was the actual filming process for you like walk us through a typical day of filming call me mother
1: Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you right now, you know, you talk to a lot of people from, you know, reality TV, but it is, not, you know, filming reality TV is not glamorous. You're sitting at home and, you know, it looks like, oh, my God, it's fun. You go to set. You say some funny things. You do some fun activities. Like, no, there is so much in it, right? It's, I always say it's like, it's like hurry up and wait um so mm. we would get you know a knock on our the hotel room doors at like 6 30 in the morning by the covid coordinator because of course this was filmed during covid still so i'd have a nurse like literally i'd roll out of bed open my hotel room door and i'd have a nurse sticking a swab in my nose before i can even open my eyes right <laughs> so that was good morning you know <laughs> hope you're having a good day here's your here's your swab um so mm-hmm. we start like that yeah, exactly wake you right up um And then we had this set and then by the time we got to set, it was like, you know, we're waiting around for everybody from production to show up, waiting for the judges, waiting for the host, like whatever it would be. We'd probably start filming, I'd say around nine most days. Um, And then we would be there literally all day. Like we'd be putting in 12 hour days most days. And then the thing with it too is like, you know you'd be supposed to be getting your lunch that wouldn't come until you know three o'clock in the afternoon and then your dinner wouldn't come until like eight nine o'clock at night sometimes right because things start falling behind in the schedule and everything else so it's like you really have to be able to like roll with the punches and like if you're expecting to be like I don't know, treated like a princess on set. Like you, you have a reality check coming, you know what I mean? It's, uh, and obviously like it's nobody's fault or anything like that. Like things change and schedules run behind and there's different things that happen. So you just have to like be open and roll with the punches and, uh, you know, try to keep a good attitude on set for sure. Absolutely. What do you think
0: the reception, what, what do you take away from the reception of the audience now that, show is done airing and and it's all all in hindsight
1: what do you take away from the reception of the audience now yeah i mean i think it's i think it's interesting because obviously being there filming it like there's so much more that happens than what is shown on tv um you know sometimes we're filming uh, one episode or one week over a period of three days that gets edited down to a 40 minute episode right um so of course like the audience doesn't have all of the information or the context as to like what's happening behind the scenes and like you know there's certain things that like happened to me like when I was eliminated that like you know you didn't get to see on TV that like was you know it was important and uh, stuff like that so you know it's interesting like just seeing some people you know pop off online saying this that or whatever about certain contestants or what they think should have happened it's like you really don't have the full story Um, and you know also just like I think it's interesting when people think that, like, you know, they can judge you based on your talent or your art, but like, they have no background in it, other, other than just watching the show themselves, right? So it's fun watching, you know, some random person say, you know, oh, I don't like her wig, I don't like this look, but they've never, you know, styled a wig or bought a wig or performed in drag or did anything like that before. And I think like there's a way to like obviously express like what you're interested in and like what appeals to you without being super negative, but like some people really. Maybe going off online that's all i'm saying but i mean all 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 in all like i mean i think it's been pretty positive like i've had a great reception from the show like you know um definitely have had like you know bookings like that i wouldn't have had i've gotten to travel so much and like just getting to meet you know fans of the show and fans of my drag has been like the best part of it honestly like you know the the performances and stuff like that and you know having The platform i guess is great but just getting to meet people in different cities and um you know um getting to connect with them is honestly like my favorite part of the whole process i absolutely love that now people they have opinions sometimes let me no i was just gonna say they have opinions sometimes and it's funny (laughs)
0: yeah you know opinions like assholes they all have one, and sometimes they're pretty shitty, so. That's right. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to your castmates, what percentage of your cast would you say are your actual friends now after the show? And what percentage would you say were just your coworkers that you made a great season of TV with?
1: Oh, we are getting spicy today. Oh my God. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I'm not gonna give you like a pageant answer or political answer or anything like that, but like there's, I'd say there is, you know, there's 15 of us on my season. And I would say like, there is a good, I'd say half of the cast are like solid, good friends of mine. And when I say that, I mean like we're talking, you know, pretty much every day or at least a few times a week, like, you know, I've gone to visit them, they've come to see me, all of that kind of stuff. I would say, like, that being said, like, I have love and respect for pretty much, you know, pretty much everybody that was on set and that we film with. And like, I honestly don't have any bad blood with anybody. Um, you know, are there certain things that happen on set or certain things that happen, you know, after production that, like, maybe I don't agree with or whatever? Absolutely. Um, but nothing like that's crazy over the top where I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this bitch. Like, it's it's not that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I think I actually like I got pretty close with most people. Um, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely people that I'm closer to than others, for sure. Totally.
0: That makes sense. Do you have a dynamic that you prefer? Would you rather go through reality television with people who you say are your friends or as we in all drag communities say our sisters. Would, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: would you? Yeah, and just like sisters, sometimes doing? we want to slap them, sometimes too, right? But yeah, don't no, go ahead. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, like I'm sure
0: Jan done beat up Marsha a few times. But would you rather go through reality TV with girls who you consider to be your sister, or would you rather just show up, clock in, do your job, and carry your ass on? right?
1: yeah i mean oh that's a hard one um i mean the thing is, is like if you're there with your sisters and all that kind of stuff like i mean I, for my particular show that i was on like there's quite a few group challenges and stuff like that right so if you can't get along with the people that are there like that can affect your performance obviously um but like you know, at the same time, it's a competition, right? So then it starts, like, when you start getting down to it and it's going to be like me or her, obviously you want it to be you and that can cause, like, issues between you and your friend and all of that kind of stuff. So honestly, like, I think it's a nice, to have a nice mix of it, to be honest with you. Like, you want those, you want your good duties there that you can rely on, that you can bend to, that you know you can trust and that you can work with. But at the same time, like, you don't want all of that because you're going to have to take them all out at the end anyway, right? So yeah, I think when it comes to eliminations and beating people out, it's easier just to have people that you don't really care about um, or people that you care about less, I guess. Um, so yeah, I would say like a mix of both is ideal. Absolutely, I dig that. Um, What do you think the hardest thing was for you to film during your time on the show? Mm, yeah, I think like the whole process of like just being away from your friends and family. And like, I know that sounds like I don't know, cliche, I guess. But like, to your point, like when you're there filming, like you don't necessarily know who is your sis at that point. Like you're like, is this person trying to like one up me or sabotage me or like whatever it may be. So like, you don't know how much you can like you know confide in somebody or who has your best interest in mind and whatnot and like i mean luckily like most of the people that i come with you know they, they were really great people and whatnot but like you know you know what it's like when you want to call up you know your girls or you want to call up your partner or whatever and just say like hey i'm having a bad day or hey like, what do you think of this or just to be able to bounce ideas off of and stuff like that like there's none of that and i mean especially like where you're For for us, like, we're sequestered, we don't have phones, we don't, like, I can't access the internet, like, I can't do anything like that. So to be able to just, like, cross-reference an idea or, like, look something up to, like, you know, try to find some inspiration or whatever it may be, like, you can't do any of that. So you're very much, like, you know, you're on your own, you have to rely on your own, um, I guess, like, your own fortitude, like, you have to be sure of yourself, you have to be tenacious, you can't second-guess yourself. So it's, to me, it's like, you know, the mental side of it, for sure. For sure, I absolutely dig that. Now, on the opposite
0: side of that, what do you think was the most fulfilling or the most rewarding thing for you to film during your
1: time on the show? Totally. Like, I think for me, like, you know, like I said, I come from a smaller community. Like, we did, we haven't had a lot of representation and all of that kind of stuff. So, for me, in our first episode, like, the way that it works is, it's you know, one of the drive mentors. Um, they they select you for your team and not everybody gets selected kind of thing so I had two of the dried mentors that wanted me and were fighting over me and then you know I had to choose which which mentor I wanted to go with and ultimately I chose Peppermint to go with um but it was just kind of validating to see that like you know icons who I've looked up to for years um see something in me you know what I mean like it's it, it validates that like you know you do have talent that you do have a point of view that there is something there and um, I would say that that was probably my favorite part of it, um, because you know we all you all have that inner voice inside. Sometimes it says you know you're not good enough, or you know, or for me it was like I started this so late. Of like, is it too is it too late for me, or am I too old, or like there's all of those types of things. So like just to get that recognition for me was was huge. Absolutely, that is incredible. Thanks,
0: honey. Of course. How and do you listen, think your show?
1: They're asking me to apply. I got people fighting over me. I started off good, girl, but at the end I I got eliminated. But we'll 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 skip over that part. <laughs> we can skip over that part because that's not what
0: that's not what matters. At the end of that's the day, right. they reached out to you, honey. You had to join the fighting <laughs> over you. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yes. Can the other girl say the same? Let let me not get messy. Let me All
1: right, that's... You tell Shout me. you. Shout out tell to me. your
0: whole case. Okay? Shout yes. out to your whole cast. Friend or foe. <laughs> God bless all y'all. Um, How do you think your show, Call Me Mother, stands up to
1: and stands apart from all the other drag shows on TV now? Fully. Yeah, I mean... Here's the thing, like when, when you Call, call Me Mother's only in its second season, we just finished our second season. Um, and, you know, when it came out, there was a lot of hate, and people are saying, like, you know, how is this different than Dried Race? And, you know, Dried Race is better and all this kind of stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And here's the thing, like, I think there's space for all of us, and we all do it a little bit differently. Like, I always say that if Dried Race is American Idol, Call Me Mother is The Voice. So, yes, you know, American Idol and The Voice, the oh, most competitions, they're both, you know, focusing on singers and all that kind of stuff but the format and the way the show rolls out is completely different um so you know where dried Race is an individual competition and you're on your own and you get judged every week and there's one winner at the end you know that's one way to do it but for call me mother we have coaches like the voice right you work with a mentor and you work on a team and it's team challenges for the most for the the largest part of the season and then of course there is one winner at the end but the format is completely different and it's more of uh, You know, it's more of a mentorship and you get to you get that, you know, kind of one on one advice each week, as opposed to just like showing up on the judges panel and being judged. Right. So it is it is different. Um, And I would say, you know, Call Me Mother is a great opportunity for people that are, you know, knew were to drag but that's not necessarily the case like on my season there was pepper who was one of my closest friends who had been doing drag for 25 years um and there's a super you know fantastic performer extremely talented all that kind of stuff but she was like you know i'm gonna do the show and i want to take my drag to the next level and she did you know so it's it's just a different take on it for sure so yeah and i, I think it's refreshing as well because it's not overly produced and it's not um i don't know like sometimes you watch some of these other shows and you know what's gonna happen before it happens whereas like this is not like that you know it's 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 pretty authentic absolutely
0: that makes perfect sense do you think that the person that the audience received from the show is the same person who you intended to present
1: uh i i like i'll say like i didn't go in intending to present anything like i know some people show up and they're like you know i'm gonna be the villain or i'm gonna be the funny one or i'm gonna be the this or i'm gonna be the that or try to like i guess um exaggerate parts of their personality like i was like i'm just gonna come in and i'm just gonna be me and i think that's kind of the best way to go about it because people can feel like you're being genuine or not like you know some of these people from other reality tv shows where you're like you can just tell okay this is fake as hell (laughs) you know what I mean you can see through that and (laughs) the audience can see that as well so I tried not to do that that being said I mean the thing is is like we had a cast of 15 people and there's only so many confessionals and there's only so much time you know during each episode so I think like the the audience got to know a part of me um but not all of it like you know, like I like I said, like I, I'm very much there for my community. I'm a serious person when I need to be. I have something to say, but I'm also like super goofy and like over the top and all of those types of things. So I think they saw less of that side of myself. Um, so, yeah, so, um, you know, I am I satisfied with what people saw to an extent? But, you know, I wish I stuck around a little bit longer to be able to show those other sides.
0: Absolutely. What did you most look forward to seeing unfold over your time on the season once you saw it playing back on television?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was really excited to watch everybody else's confessionals when I got home, and I know that's messy as hell. <laughs> but I was like, okay, everybody was really nice on set for the most part, everybody was this, that, and the other, like, what are these bitches saying behind the scenes, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, are they really saying that, is somebody being super shady, like, whatever, um, and, you know, there was a little bit of that, but we were pretty good, we were a pretty good season, there's, you know, one or two, this and that, and I was like, okay, I see how it is, and then you hear some conversations that happened off camera and stuff like that but yeah i was just excited to see what people were saying like when other people weren't around okay i totally dig that what keeps you up at night oh my god listen i gotta call my therapist now after this <laughs> <You're really laughs> testing me what's keeping me up at night um let me think i'm i'm somebody that is like I'm, I'm a workaholic like i'm wild Do you know what i mean like on top of on top of drag and like performing all over the place and stuff like that like i work full time like i have a 9 to 95 you know what i mean office job all that kind of stuff plus i'm doing drag plus i'm doing side projects. plus i'm doing this plus i'm doing that so like i'm definitely like addicted to the hustle and i would say like like one thing that like keeps me up at night i would say it's just like this feeling of like i never feel like i'm doing enough you know what I mean? Like I'm always trying to like level up and push myself and do better and all that kind of stuff. And it's about like, for me, just kind of talking myself down and saying like, you know what, like you're not Superwoman, you're not Superman. Like there's only so many hours of the day. And like, you just need to do what you can do to the best that you can do it in the capacity that you have as well right like there's some days where you can't go out and operate at 100 100 maybe you can only get 50 and that's okay so it's about like for me it's like um you know trying to find that balance and um be satisfied and be like uh i guess uh nice to myself in that way you know um that that my that, that my effort is enough that makes perfect sense
0: So in that regard, what do you fear more? Success or failure?
1: Oh, this is such a good question. This is such a good question. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely two sides. I mean, failure, nobody likes to fail. I mean, that's something that holds a lot of people back um, for sure. but I've honestly, like, I've become okay with failure. And because I think every time that you do fail, like, that is an opportunity to learn. That's an opportunity to grow. And it's, that's that's just, you know, how you develop as a person. Um, and even, like I said, for me, it's like, you know, not winning the competition um, gave me an opportunity to kind of go home and reflect and think about, like, what can I be doing better and how can I level up my drag? And I honestly think that had I won the competition, I wouldn't be the queen that I am today. I think that failure gave me the hustle to push myself and grow and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But the fear of success is also wild too because I think sometimes like we are kind of addicted to what we know and what is safe. So to kind of open that door that could potentially lead to success is often scarier than failing because we don't necessarily know what's on the other side of it. Whereas if we fail, we know what, what the outcome is going to be. Um, so I would say like the fear of success can be scarier for sure. Uh, and that's something I've been working on is like encouraging myself to take that step and take that risk.
0: I absolutely love that.
1: Thanks. Total sense. I see that. Right. Right. What do you think? I want to hear what you think. I know you're interviewing me, but I want to know what you think on that.
0: Oh, please ask me anything. Um, I think for me, I fear success more because it's more unfamiliar and there's no real way to prepare for it. I think that with failure, you know that failure is going to happen. And there is a clear, defined way to prepare for failure, right? Yep. You know, like there's a way to get over failure. There's a way to handle failure. There's a way to prepare yourself just in case something doesn't work out. You can prepare yourself for it. But with success, there's no real way to be ready for what success could really bring you. Because you never really know what success is until you're in it. That's it. So it's like, I don't really. So I think it's more of a fear of the unfamiliar more than a fear of the disappointment.
1: That's right. Yep. Yep hundred percent hundred percent and the thing is is like you don't know where your life or what how things are going to change once you become successful or once you you know you have success right i mean like even for me it's like two years ago i had never picked up a makeup brush before you know what i mean and now i'm like you know i'm performing and doing these things all over the place and my life looks completely different and you know luckily i've embraced that but at the same time it's like there's growing pains that are associated with that like you know there's certain people that were in my life previously that are no longer in my life anymore because of drag there's other people that like you know look at me differently because of you know being on the show or whatever and you know some people that it's like you know you realize who your real friends are and all of that kind of stuff and that stuff comes along with success and I think it's about like staying true to like whatever your goal is and as long as like you know that you're acting for your goal and that you're acting in you know everybody's best interest and all that kind of stuff like everything else is white noise so yeah yeah no i i uh, i feel you on that for sure yeah so in that line of thinking what about
0: life or death which scares you more life or death
1: oh my god death yeah <laughs> I know that's a simple answer but yeah no doubt. I don't want to die I got lots of things I still gotta do <laughs> Like, yeah no I uh you know I'm busy I told you I got uh, you know I, I got shows to do I got places to see I got people to meet like I don't you know I, I'm I'm not ready for that yet so yeah no definitely I uh that's a big one for me that's one that like you know you talk about what keeps you up at night like I sit there and think I'm like what's gonna happen here and then I start like Thinking of like existential questions and all of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, no, I I have no time for that. So that's that's over in the corner. We're not paying attention to that right now. I'm just focused on life for sure. Like, you know, what can I do? What do I wanna what's my message? What do I want to leave behind? All that kind of stuff. So yeah.
0: So you're not thinking about who you're gonna leave your contour palettes to, yeah.
1: No, no, they're mine right now and and nobody better be touching them until I'm done with them, okay? Yeah, we <laughs> You know how these people are. You know how they are. They're vultures. They'd be swooping in, trying to take all your stuff and things like that, and we're not ready for that right, yet, right now.
0: Yes, God, honey. The girls are shifty and shy, shifty, child. Mm-hmm. What has reality television taught you about people?
1: Ooh. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it's less. It's not so much like what it's taught me, but I think it's reinforced a lot of the things that I've seen about people. I remember like on our first day, right, we did into, we called it the mothership. It's like our workroom where we get ready and stuff like that. It's just kind of our meeting the, You know, it's our first time meeting the rest of the cast. And we sat down and I sat with my two good Judys, Jesse and Pepper, who were on the show with me. And they're like, they're super tight. Like they're two of my best friends. We talked every day still and whatnot, but this is my first time meeting them. And I looked around at the tables and most of the other people were, you know, talking about things, about their storylines. And like, you could see, like, there was an agenda there. Like, you know, I'm trying to get my screen time and I'm trying to get my shine and I'm not necessarily interested in like getting to know the people that were around me. Meanwhile, at my table, it was like, you know, we're tikiing with the girls. We're talking about our partners. We're talking about this. Like it was just like it was more authentic and genuine. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. when it comes to reality TV, it's like you have that mix, like part of it is real. And you have these, you know, these people that are on there and things that happen that are authentic. Um, But then there's, you know, these other people that, you know, it is manufactured and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's people that are there that that have an agenda, that are trying to get something, that are trying to move something, you know, trying to move something forward, whatever it may be. And that's just how, you know, that's how people are, too. There's some people that are genuinely there that are nice people that want to get to know you, that, you know, that are who they say they are and all of that kind of stuff. And there's other people that have, you know, a little something else going behind the scenes. Right. So, yeah, I think it it reinforced that for me. Totally. Now, what do you
0: now? What do you think you've learned about yourself from experiencing reality TV versus just watching it?
1: Oh, my God. Um yeah i mean i think you know to my point earlier about like being on your own and not having your support system and stuff like that and having to like rely on yourself like i think it taught me that like you know what i am a strong person i am a strong bitch i can get my shit done and i don't need anybody else necessarily like obviously obviously you know i i love my friends my family and like i i had so much support going to the show so i'm not trying to say like i didn't need anybody or like i didn't value what they had to had to offer but more so that like You know, when push comes to shove, I can rely on myself and I am enough, and I have something of value to bring and give and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it it just allowed me an opportunity to kind of, you know, get in touch with myself of like, you know, what I want, what my point of view is, like, what do I want to communicate? Like all of those types of things and honestly and it sounds so trivial it sounds like you know whatever but like just the fact of like not having your phone for a month and not having these outside distractions like you really get to thinking <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't be strolling there on TikTok or instagram and like distracting yourself all day and i honestly think like that was a huge part of it
0: that makes perfect sense you really get a chance to disconnect and really get get in touch with yourself again instead of getting in touch with instagram
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you're scrolling through TikTok and you see like a cat video or you see somebody reacting to something and like, you know, before, you know, two hours later goes by and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, what's happening here? But yeah, no, it, it, it it's silly, but like that was a huge benefit for me um, from being on the show was like being able to disconnect from all of that nonsense and like really get in touch with myself.
0: For sure.
1: Do you think you found yourself yet? Do you know what? Um, I think... I don't think finding yourself is like a singular event. Like, I don't think you get to a point where it's like, you know what? I found myself and everything's figured out. Like I have had that happen to me multiple times throughout my life of like, you know what? I'm good. I figure out, like, I figured myself out. I know what I want to do. I know where where I'm at. You know, I've got, I've got my things going for me and whatnot. But I think like that happens multiple times throughout your life and I think it changes with where you're at in your life. So I think for right now, you know, yes I have found myself and I feel confident with what I'm doing and I feel like I have a direction and I feel like I know who I am and all of that kind of stuff. But if you were to ask me, you know, who I was five years ago, ten years ago, whatever it is, you know, it looked completely different from how it is now. So I don't want to say that like I've completely found myself right now because I don't know what the next five years or 10 years may look like and i think you have to be open to that and open to change because so many beautiful and amazing things can happen You know, if I would have been kind of rigid in myself and thought like five years ago, like, you know, I had everything figured out, I never would have found drag. I never would have been on this show. I never would have met the people that I've met and all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's about, you know, being confident and having a direction and having goals and all of that kind of stuff, but being open enough to allow that to change and welcome in these new opportunities. Absolutely, I totally feel you on that.
0: What does the person you found today or become today tell your younger self in retrospect?
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, I think what I would tell my younger self is to, um, you know, follow those, like, as cliche it is, but, like, follow those dreams. Don't be scared of what other people think, what society has planned for you. Like, don't worry about any of that. Like, focus on what it is that you want, what your goals are, what interests you and be fearless in the pursuit of that. Like, don't worry about all this other crap. And, you know, I think you hear those types of things a lot, but it's so true, right? Like, I I just think like, you know, if I was six or seven years old and was able to start, you know, dance and performing at that age, like where would I be now? You know what I mean? And not to say that I have any regrets or anything like that, because I'm very thankful for like the path that I have walked. But at the same time, it's, I think the earlier that you can get in touch with yourself and figure out what it is that you want, the better. And you know, it's uh, in order to do that, you have to shut out that outside noise. Um, so yeah, so that's what I would say is you know, focus on what you want. Don't worry about what other what other people think, and um, you know, be fearless and going after what what you want to go after.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything that you'd like to share with my audience and I that I didn't cover in our conversation today?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I mean, not particularly. I mean, I've got, you know, a lot of kind of fun things happening in the next little bit. I've you know got some shows happening uh, across Canada. I'm traveling to Ottawa, the capital. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm doing a couple of shows up there. I'm going to be in L.A. At DragCon in may which is going to be really really exciting and then just like working on some other projects like i I released the concept video a few months back so i'm working on producing another one of those which is going to be really exciting and yeah just you know watch out for me you never know where you're going to find me but i'm just really excited to kind of keep growing keep performing and um you know excited to keep kind of evolving for sure
0: absolutely my last question for you is where is the place where we can find you and all of the shows you have coming up all of the appearances you have c- coming up the new music the new book the new shows all the things that have to do with maya fox where can we find you and all the things you want to promote
1: i love it yes so instagram is what i use the most for sure so it's at maya Fox underscore hfx some bitch took Maya Fox on me already. So we had to add a little something to the name. <laughs> I don't know who she is, but she has one follower and she's pissing me off because she stole my username. But anyway, Maya Fox underscore HFX, you can find me on there. And then I'm on TikTok as well. And that's just at Maya Fox. Um, but yeah, keep up with me on Instagram. i got all kinds of fun things coming up. You know, you can follow me on there. You're going to see makeup. You're going to see live performances. You're going to see some bomb fashion. And uh, every once in a while, I'll get on a rant on there and do some... Some fun things on live as well so yeah check me out on there for sure absolutely
0: whoever got the um just maya fox on instagram
1: wheel your ass and we're looking for you that's so. it that's it brian you, <laughs> you 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 go get her i trust you. you 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 handle that for me
0: you have been warned
1: i am looking for you. <laughs> it's yeah i've put your ass on notice that's
0: okay. it
1: that's it tell her tell her <laughs>
0: And on that note, children, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate these conversations. And I wanna extend a special, special thank you to my guest, Maya Fox, for blessing the podcast today. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Oh my God, of course, thank you for having me and hopefully we'll be chatting again soon
0: absolutely come back on anytime you're officially a friend of the show so whenever you have things going on new releases new content new whatever or if you just want to come by and shoot the shit hit me up anytime
1: i love it i'll be back i'm taking you up on that absolutely i'll be waiting (laughs) love it thank you so much of course And with that
0: being said, I want to remind all of you guys out there to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message. Be useful, but don't be used. And misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. what's going on everybody brian k james here and i'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by outlander media network outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web from the farthest reaches invading your space we appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander I am Brian K. James and this is Real Reality Realness.